Hello, Janine Kathleen here. Welcome to the Mindset Alchemy podcast, where we explore how to know intuitively, create intentionally, choose consciously, and be effortlessly. We explore the power of thinking, emotions, feelings, and words. We help bring you awareness, consciousness, and an understanding of what it is to alchemize your life so that you can enjoy it, expand it, and create magnificently and be the magic, marvelous, and miraculous person that you can be. Let's get on with it now. Hello everyone and welcome again to the Mindset Alchemy podcast where today we have the honor of speaking with Danielle Dinkelman. Danielle, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited. Oh, me too. Um, And people, the reason why I am really, really um, so happy to have Danielle with us is Danielle has... How many children do you have, Danielle? I remember five. Am I, I have four, four living four. and one that passed away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Oh, I apologize um, for if I bring up bad memories. So, no, <laughs> well, it is a lot and we will tap into that. Just not right now. Please, could you share who you are and what you do? And before uh, Danielle does that, I love what you said, that you're a catalyst for change and triumph. Could you share who you are and what brought that about? Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I live here in uh, just outside of Portland, Oregon, with my husband and four children. And I am a national board certified health and wellness coach that is also a serial entrepreneur. And my current project is building a corporate wellness company that brings health and wellness coaching into businesses as an employee wellness benefit program. So that's what we're doing right now. I'm wearing many hats as we build that business. And it's a joy because I love health and wellness and I love business. So I'm, I'm living my dream right now. That's beautiful. It's a marriage made in heaven, business and wellness. And they seem to be mutually exclusive. Is that one of the reasons you went into it? Oh, my goodness. Yes. The fact that they seem to be mutually exclusive, that that statement embodies my mission right now is to create a world where it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, We, my husband and I, Oh, we experienced that firsthand, that that moment where things are not healthy at work and Mm -hmm. you are at a crossroads that you get to choose your health or your job. And that is not okay to to have to make that choice because you you need and you deserve both. And I believe we should be able to create a world and a culture and and our own habits that can allow that to coexist so yeah that that's the mission right now I have seen that quite a bit where people get to choose between their health and their income and when they have smaller children it can actually be a a very disastrous situation are you experiencing that there is a shift coming about that companies are being more open what is your experience with that Danielle 
Oh, absolutely. Um, especially in the region that I live in, I feel like um, the Portland, Oregon area here in the United States is very forward thinking when it comes to the human element of business and industry. Um, it's really a beautiful thing to witness because I've lived in other parts of the country that don't have that same value set. Uh, so it's exciting to feel like we're on the front edge of that movement, and we we are very excited to to build and grow it here and then beyond. Uh, generally, there's there's an old school way and a new school way of thinking about business. Uh, yeah. So I find typically the more, the younger the leaders are, the more open they are, mm -hmm. uh, not only to the idea, but they when I share what, what we're about, you know, that we are trying to support businesses in, in having personnel and employees that are taking excellent care of themselves, their eyes light up and they lean in and they say, tell me more. Um, they're, they're hungry for it. They're excited about it because they already know that that is the only way forward. Uh, it's not sustainable for us individually or collectively if we continue to live in this world where work and well-being are in conflict. Very much so. I have had the experience where I've seen people take all of their sick leave just because it's there without being sick. And then when they do have something happen to themselves because they've drawn it towards themselves, it's, it's very interesting. What is the primary mindset, though, that people approach you for and with? What is the general... I'm not sure if I'm framing this question correctly. It's what my uh, frame of reference is. So many people here have got hypertension and blood sugar challenges, and they wish to be um, able to live a better lifestyle. What is your experience with the people and the corporations and companies you and businesses you're working with? Yeah, um, as we've been growing, I'm doing less and less of the coaching myself. I have a team of coaches uh, that are doing most of kind of boots on the ground work. But what I'm finding is when you go into a coaching relationship with someone, especially in this type of environment, right? We are coming in, we're contracting with the business owner or leader, the decision maker. And then we go into the corporation and, and introduce the program. We say, this is what's available to you. And you know, some people opt into the program. Some say, no, thank you, not right now. So those that do opt in, we have the opportunity to educate them of what is it to be coached? What, what is this health and wellness thing? And we try to meet people where they're at. And in fact, we ask them those questions of what does wellness mean to you? And how can we, as your coach, support you in creating more of it? And everyone has their different lived experience and their different perspective of what that means. Uh, but those that are most coachable have a mindset it's that beginner's mindset. It's a, it's a lifelong learner's mindset. There's a certain humility and curiosity uh, and a willingness to, to explore and self-reflect. Not everybody comes with that. Not everyone begins that way, but that is something that as myself and my highly skilled, uh, experienced coaches know it's something that can be developed. And you, as a coach, you kind of model it and you invite it. 
Uh, and it's neat to see people catch our drift of like, oh, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a big misconception about uh, health coaching mm -hmm. that it's actually health consulting where we oh. are giving direction and you know we give you a checklist and there's a 10-step program. That's not what it is at all. It's a very collaborative, exploratory process of the coach asking questions and the person that's being coached is the one that's answering them from, from their lived experience of what's important to them, what's worked for them in the past and how they want to move forward. I love that because you are actually encouraging them to have vision. And yes. We, I find when people come to me, um, most of them come and they don't mention they have pain or health challenges and it's on exploration that it comes forward. And I have definitely seen when people have a vision for their future, so much shifts. What has your been your experience with that? Oh, it's everything. <laughs> that is, that's the key that unlocks it all. For me personally, uh, for my husband and I, as we've tried to redirect and design our lives, um, our family, our work, uh, and then in our in our company, actually, that's that's the very first thing that a an employee that opts into our coaching program. That's the very first conversation they have with their coach. Uh, we have what we call a, a wellness blueprint session that they go through. It's an hour long over a video call. They're building rapport and relationship with their coach and they are supposed to walk away with that from that session with a vision a vision statement that they create for themselves of if you could imagine yourself the healthiest and happiest version of you let's say however long it would take maybe it's five years in the future ten years in the future what does that look like and we invite them into a, a visualization opportunity and we, we write that down with them. And it's a beautiful process. Like you said, it's so powerful to help people get clear on what they really want. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that is also to accept that it's, even if it's just a sliver of hope, that it's possible. And that mm -hmm. is such a gift that we can give to other people is to hold that space for them. That is so beautiful. Now, this is this may seem confrontational and it's not meant to be. What, what is the bottom line for a company? What is the reason they desire? Now you and I both know, but I don't know if our audience knows. What is the reason a company would like their were um, employees, their contractors to be in a better state of wellness? Mm. I'll give you an analogy <laughs> with to answer that. My my dad is a mechanic. He he knows how engines work. He knows how vehicles work. And when you have a vehicle that the parts are falling apart, they're not well maintained. You haven't changed the oil. You you haven't tightened the screws. Uh, the thing is going to fall apart, and it's not going to fulfill its higher purpose, which is to move you or something from point A to point B. Our businesses are like that. And, and I walk a line here because there's, there's discussions out there about you know, human capital or human, human assets. And mm -hmm. so please don't misunderstand me that you know, we're all cogs in a machine. And so we need to optimize each of ourselves so that we can be better cogs. That's not what I'm saying. 
it creates a win-win. Mm -hmm. What is good for the individual is good for the organization. So that is what the people that hire us, they, they know that to be true. And we, we tend to work with smaller businesses, often owner-operated businesses. These are real people that started a business because they love doing what they do. They're good at what they do. They're providing a meaningful product or service to their community and their clients. They believe in what they do. And then they have a team that also feels that way. They genuinely want everyone that interacts with them and their business, they want that to be a positive experience. And if that means that they need to tap resources like ours to make sure that each individual is able to take care of themselves, they see a tremendous value in that. Wow, that is so beautiful because what I'm seeing with what you're doing, and I know you must be seeing it as well, is it's adding to the collective consciousness. It's adding to the positivity in life very, very much more than the negativity of the um, <laughs> slave-driven mentality um, that I have to do this, I have to do that. It's a choice. It's a choice to expand, to grow, and to work as a team. And that's something I've spoken to several people on lately is um, that if one member of the team is unable to keep up, it harms the rest of the team in a lot of ways. So that's what I'm taking away from what you were saying. Now, yeah. I love what you said on your LinkedIn. You work with doable, enjoyable, changing for long-term results. Would you like to share a bit on that in relation to what we were discussing now? Absolutely. Um, so before I got into uh, employee wellness, I worked in private practice as a health and wellness coach, primarily working with women, uh, but some men that had been there, done that with dieting and were wanting to adopt a, a long lasting healthy lifestyle change. Uh, most, most wanted to work on plant-based nutrition. Be, mm -hmm. making that their new normal. And that was, that was my specialty. What I learned over the years of working with these people is that it is actually diet culture that is creating a huge obstacle for all of us. When we want to create a healthy change, all we know for change tactics, behavior change strategies comes from diet culture. Mm. And that's not designed for long lasting change. It is actually designed to keep you on a hamster wheel and yeah. never be done. They, <laughs> it's, it's maddening to me. So I wrote a book uh, a few years ago about this, this concept uh, kind of debunking diet culture. It's called If Diets Don't Work, What Does? And the subtitle is A Doable, Enjoyable Guide to Creating the Life You Want. That was my primary philosophy and attitude in my coaching practice, and it still is. And it's what I am wanting to infuse into our corporate wellness company that we are, if we are here for long-lasting long lifestyle change, we cannot mingle with diet culture. So we have to be on the lookout for certain mentalities, certain strategies, that aren't actually going to change behavior for the long term. And my coaches that, that work with us inside of our company, 
they are privy to this. And, and I only hire coaches that are on the same page with me on that, that we are not going to fan that flame any more than it already is. Hmm. Uh, so yes, we, we have to go about it in, a, in an enjoyable way and a doable way, because the, that is the only way that we create something that is sustainable. By definition, humans don't keep doing what they don't enjoy. Yes. If we feel overwhelmed, if we feel heavy, your, your lifespan on that task is going to be very short. <laughs> so we have to acknowledge it. Yeah, I, I have seen that in my wellness clinic as well, that people, if they don't like it, they're not going to do it. It repels them. Um, what is a sustainable strategy within shifting mindset around wellness? Mm. Well, you can read chapter six of my book. <laughs> it can go into all of the strategies that I recommend. Um, mm, that is such a huge question for me because there's there's multiple frameworks that that I use to help answer that question. One of which is, comes from a book called uh, Change Anything. And it's it talks about the six sources of influence. Yes. And it, debunks the myth that if we want to make a change, all we have to do is have the willpower to do it. Yeah. And that is a, they call it the willpower trap. Uh, fantastic authors. I can't, I think Carrie Patterson is one of the primary, but it's a group of authors. Fantastic book. Um, the idea is you do not have one source of influence being your willpower that's going to help you make a sustainable change. There's actually six. And so it's a cross-section of uh, social, personal, and environmental influences crossed with motivation in each of those areas and ability in each of those areas. Yes. So when I'm working with a client uh, in coaching and they're wanting to make a change and they're feeling stuck and they're feeling frustrated and they've tried and tried and it's not working, this, this is one of the many frameworks that I pull in and I, I start asking questions around, well, how are you feeling personally? Do you feel mo personal motivation? That's our willpower. That's one thing. But then how about personal ability? Do you have the skills? Do you have the knowledge? Do you, do you have the ability to do this? Do you have the resources to do this? And then we can ask those same questions in the social area and the environmental area. And that's a really broadening way to think about making changes. And what's beautiful about it is that you actually kind of see the weight come off of that person's shoulder and so much of the guilt and shame around, well, I just can't do this. I get, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm off. No, you just don't have the right strategies. There's more we can do to support you in that social motivation and social ability and the environment. Huge. What it, what's in your fridge? What's in your car? What's in your drawer at work? The, these things matter so much. We have to work with our humanness and not pretend that we can just white knuckle grip our way to change. It's not how it works. Wow, that is so true. Do, what was the name of the book again, please, for the audience? I believe it's, oh, it's been a while. It's either Change Anything or You Can Change Anything. I'll, I'll get that to you and you can put it in the show Thank notes. Thank you. People, so there's two books for you to go and look at. Danielle's book, um, If Diets Don't Work, What Does 
what does, and I so resonated with that title, and just what you were sharing now, I must say I've experienced as well in my own life and um, in my practice as well. My husband would just say, all you do is you just don't eat it. Well, if it's there and I'm cleaning up, it's very difficult to avoid eating it. Just don't bring it home. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, something else that popped in while you were saying that is I've also seen some people may not have the financial um, strategies to put certain things in place. And that's quite a large issue as well. But, and that's a talk for another day. Danielle, mm -hmm. what is a catalyst for you within your family for wellness? Mm -hmm. How do you mention it every day? And what is a catalyst? Mm -hmm. Uh, as the leader in my family with wellness, sometimes I feel like it all falls on me to be the catalyst. Uh -huh. uh, so as that starts to feel heavy, I need to practice what I preach and, and rally my social resources. So that's any human outside of myself. That is my children. That is my husband. And so when we talk about some of the concepts that, that we know to be true about how it's good for us to not sit around all day, it's good for us to be up and moving. It's good for us to be outside. Um, you know, my children are young. My oldest is 13. My youngest is seven. And so we, we talk a lot about these things. And especially when they were younger, I taught them because there was much that I was learning particularly around nutrition, that was very upstream to the mainstream of maybe what they're seeing in the cafeteria at school or what's being shared uh, when they go to friends' houses and empowering them with understanding of what your choices are and what the, you know, what the consequences of some of those choices can be. So I think talking about the information um, is really important. Sometimes it's hard to get on the same page between my husband and I, we have different opinions and I tend to be very intense and I wanna go 100% with certain things. And he says, yeah, but I want it to taste good. <laughs> so we, we actually just recently had a kind of a compromising conversation of how can we, how can we take what, what we both want and what we both believe and, and marry the two and so it, it takes a lot of conversation and, and education with each other to do that. And I like the word you used there. There was a compromise without compromising the wellness quotient. Yeah. Uh, because that I find, oh, I, I so resonate. My husband and I have had several of those discussions as well, especially when he wished me to make um, special treats and allow only the children to eat that when they went to other children's birthday parties. And I said to him, I'm unavailable to do that. I will rather deal with what happens afterwards. And you know what I found? My children did not go for the sweets and the cakes because they were unused to it. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. Um, they had a certain amount, and yet they did not go for that. They they were more moderate than some of the children that were there. And uh, I'm not saying my children are saints. There were times that they could be interesting and other times. Do you feel that by helping the parents in work, you are able to help them to have a spill over at home? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely our program, our coaching that we're coming in and serving employees, the coaching focus 
is both personal and professional. It's whatever that individual feels ready, willing, and able to work on and to look at in their lives, both personally and professionally. So that's actually what I love about what we get to do is we get to bring those two things and integrate them together. And we do live in a world that I I feel like it's still a little bit of the old school mentality that we should leave work at work and home at home. Does anyone actually leave home at home? No, they bring all their stuff with them. They're stressed or tired. Like you can't separate them because you're not separate. You are an integrated whole person. So bring that whole person and let's just, let's optimize that person as much as we can. Um, but yes, every single life that we get to touch with our coaching, I know that there's a ripple effect. If we're helping one individual that happens to be an employee at this company and they have kids or community or whatever they are influencing when they're not at work, that that's what lights me up knowing that we're having that that far reaching impact that is so beautiful i'm just seeing all these ripples going out to create better awareness um do you feel people are choosing to become more aware or is there a backlash are they choosing to be more aware or is there a backlash mm -hmm. <sighs> I think both. <laughs> there's Thank um, you. absolutely <laughs> both. There's, uh, in, in my faith tradition, there's a scripture that says we can choose to be humble or we can be compelled to be humble. Yes. And yes. it's 50-50, like which, which, which road do you want to travel? It's the equilibrium of life. Yeah. And I choose to be humble or self-aware or intentional in certain areas of my life and not so much in others. So it's not all one way for even just with one person. Um, but being aware even of that, that it is, you always have that choice. Um, but there's a lot to be said for allowing the process oh. to play out of when we're kind of being compelled to be humble or we're experiencing kind of that you know, that health crisis or um, those those wake-up call moments, right? And of course, are there things you could have done to prevent that? Definitely. But some of us are here to learn by experience. Um, I know I am. <laughs> so sometimes it's not until I move through that, that I can have the self-awareness. So I think we can honor, we can honor both ways. It's basically I've, what I've seen is it's what I keep hearing is honor the other person's journey and offer to take their hand and bring them along a path that is common. And sometimes they choose to branch off and go on their own path. And that is and that's OK. You might meet up at a different point and other times you won't. And Absolutely. Be OK with that. And that's actually all part of Mindset Alchemy, where we get to know intuitively and to create intentionally. And what I'm really, really hearing is you are offering people a way to create with intention, to choose consciously where they would like to go and that they are partnering with their, um, with their company. So it's very much a co-creation. Was this the vision you had? Was a co-creation initially? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, when I first got into health and wellness coaching, it came from a place of a desire to serve, a desire to help 
lift and bless others. And there was some ego in there of, well, I have all the answers. I've, I've walked this path. I learned a lot. We went through a lot of health struggles early in our lives, myself and my husband. And there was a lot of learning uh, from experience, but also study and certifications and skill sets. And I thought, oh, if I, if, if everyone just knew what I knew, everything would be better. Well, when I flew from our home at the time in Utah out to Colorado for my first training as a health and wellness coach, I learned very quickly that true coaching sees the person you're coaching as the expert. Yes. You are not the expert. And so we learned how to be true guides. Yeah. It was a completely mind-blowing experience. I went home a changed person, a, a better spouse and partner, a, a better parent, a better friend, because I learned how to be in relationship and in communication with someone while honoring their perspective and their expertise in their own perspective. So I went home, it was actually at that training session that I had my eyes open to what true coaching was and how powerful it could be. And I knew I wanted to pursue private practice initially, but then I learned that, you know, there's three things you can do with health and wellness coaching. You can do private practice, you can do clinical where you go partner with a doctor's office and provide kind of behavioral health services as a coach, or you can go into the corporate wellness world. Most coaches look at that third option as, oh great, I can go be hired by a corporate wellness company and I can do what I love, which is coaching. I saw it and I thought, I wanna build a company that employs coaches. That just, that just excited me uh, because I've always been entrepreneurial. And so again, bringing those two things that I loved together was, was a pleasant surprise. And so yes, from the very beginning, it, it has to be co-creative or it's not as valuable. It's not as effective. Yes, I think that's the word. It becomes very ineffective. And yes. I have seen that where people go in with their own agenda and they forget that there's a, a give and take, a, a nice play. I love that what you were sharing about the coaching because something I've seen over and over again, especially with my clients, I ask them to ask their bodies, what does their body desire to have? Because I've had the experience where I have desired something and my body has desired something very, very different. Yes. And to marry the two. And it's a case of, well, body, surely you would like some. Nope, not at all. And if, if we go against body, body, make sure we understand that body is unhappy. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Mm. And where have you seen that and helped people with that? I'm sure you see it on a daily basis, but yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially in my private practice, uh, I've, I've helped people ask that question so many times. Um, but even, even in our corporate wellness with, with our employee folks, it's, you know, not everyone speaks the same language that you and I speak when it comes to tapping into energy and our body and trusting that, right? We have a lot of cultural conditioning to overcome before we can get to that place. And not everybody's there. But in my awareness of it, I try to learn about the person I'm working with and try to speak their language 
that, you know, how would they think about this thing? So some people think um, very spiritually and, and religiously about, you know, um, listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, maybe, or um, maybe someone is, you know, they, they acknowledge that there's maybe intuition or, you know, whatever language they, however you want to frame it, it's all the same. It all comes from the same place. And it all has your highest, your highest good in its mind and in and, and its purpose, right? So how can I ask the question that meets them where they're at, speaks their language, but helps them do exactly what you just said, tune in, right? Uh, I was, yeah, just working with a client on that last week of, we were reflecting on the work that we'd done over the, over, over about six months. And she said, by far the biggest, the biggest improvement that she noticed through our coaching process was that she now knows how to listen to her body of what, what food do I want? Um, am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Am I full? Like, do I, do I want that sugar because of a physical thing, or do I want that because it's an emotional thing? Being able to discern and slow down enough to check in, to be self-aware. Uh, and it's in those feedback loops that we create by showing up for a coaching call every week or every month that they get to increase their awareness. Because you come to a call with me, I'm gonna ask you, what were you focused on this week? What went well with that? What didn't go so well with that? What did you learn from it? What would you do different? Like, those are very, those are difficult questions for a lot of people to answer because we're just, we're just going through our day. So when you know that you're getting on the phone with your coach again in another week or a couple weeks or a month, you start to have that voice in your head. What am I focused on? What's going well? What's not? It's, it's a very sneaky, but very powerful process. I love it. It's a wonderful process. <laughs> It's like I ask myself every day, what would I like to feel today? How would I like to feel today? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is very powerful. Oh, Danielle, I've so enjoyed this. Where can people find you? I, I will add your links in the show notes. So people make sure you look in the show notes. Uh, where else can people find you to share? And do you have anything um, that you'd like to share with them to help them with their wellness journey, to think about, to ponder on, like, what have you been focused on? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Janine. This has been beautiful. I, I love being in conversation about important topics like this, especially with someone that has such a heightened awareness of it. So thank you. Um, yeah, so best place to get in touch with me is actually on LinkedIn. Um, I love networking, love connecting with other people that are doing amazing work in the world, um, be trying to be more aware and more intentional. So I welcome that. Uh, you can follow uh, ACW or Advanced Corporate Wellness is the name of our company. Uh, on LinkedIn, you can find that at acwcoaching.com is our website. And um, anyone that is, you know, in a company that wants to see this kind of focus on well-being and self-awareness improved, uh, there's a free consultation button on that website that connects you straight into my calendar. Would love to meet with anyone about that. My private practice is uh, housed at daniellediinkleman.com. That's a great place to get in touch if you're looking for more personalized help. Uh, if diets don't work, what does.com. You can actually download uh, the first chapter of my book for free there. You can check it out, see if it resonates. 
Um, but yeah, parting, parting thoughts. Oh, having a regular personal reflection practice, I think is the very first and most powerful step we can take wherever you are in your wellness healing journey. Uh, if you, if you want to have a little more intention in your lives, it starts with reflection. And that can be as simple as opening up a journal or a voice note, going for a walk and just asking yourself those questions. What am I focused on? What's going well and what's not going well? And being honest and open and being willing to brainstorm and be curious either with yourself or with a trusted friend or a coach is one of the most powerful things we can do as humans. Yes. Oh, wow. I really would like to carry on talking with you. This has been so amazing. Oh, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing what feels like a huge part of your heart. So thank you so, so much. Thank I really appreciate your time. I know you have a tremendous amount of um, focus in a day. So thank you very, very much. People, remember to check out the show notes. Go and download the first part of Danielle's book. And remember, be aware today of what your body may be saying, what the world is saying, and choose consciously. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful and incredible day. If you'd like to know more about working with me, reach out via my website. Details are in the bio. Please find me on social media and let me know what impacted you most about today's podcast. Also, if you enjoyed it, please consider leaving me a five-star rating so that more people can hear about the podcast. Have an incredible, awesome, and wonderful day. Bye-bye.